Hey everyone, and welcome to the Naturopathic Times. I'm your host, Katerina Meister, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Stephanie Yakapidia. Hey everyone. Today we are recording virtually over Zoom all the way from San Diego to Chicago. Today's guest is a licensed naturopathic and chiropractic physician. She earned her doctorate degree in naturopathic medicine from Bastyr University, Washington, and her degree in chiropractic medicine at the National University of Health Sciences in Illinois. She is the founder of Brandon Clinic of Natural Medicine with three clinic locations across Chicagoland. Additionally, she is the co-author of Miserably Happy, Infuse Your Life with Genuine Meaning, Purpose, Health, and Happiness. And most importantly, she is best known for her expertise in primary care medicine as well as natural medicine detoxification and women's health. Please welcome our guest, Dr. Michelle Brannick. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome, Dr. Brannick. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Stephanie. So our podcast is about exploring the stories of how you got to where you are today. We would like to start at your childhood and where you grew up. Sure. I, I grew up in Kenosha, Wisconsin. In my childhood, I was quite sickly. I always had headaches and stomach problems and never felt good and been to many, many doctors, never, ever asking me what I'm eating, never treating the cause. It was always muscle relaxants or pain medicine. And so I knew at an early age that... And that it was not the approach for health. I knew very early, but by the time I was 19 years old, I knew that um, conventional medicine was not helping me in any way, shape, or form. So you had a lot of muscle pain and they were just giving you muscle relaxants? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And um, I just was sickly all the time. It never felt good. Did your family normally treat conventionally then? Correct. I was raised conventionally. However, it wasn't like everything, run to the doctor and get an antibiotic. So I wasn't like heavily medicated. I wasn't heavily like hardly any vaccines. Um, And back then, um, the doctors didn't push things on, on you. Like they always said, you know, stay home, rest. Um, and the vaccines were definitely not like, like they are today. It was very, if you want them, get them. And, and there were years we didn't go to the doctor. Yeah. So we were not raised like the doctor was, you know, run to the doctor for every little sniffle. And my grandmother was kind of natural. She always believed, you know, you know, sleep, eat water, drink soup. And luckily it was chicken noodle soup. <laughs> and um, so I was raised pretty. And, and my grandmother was very much about homemade food and lots of greens, things like that. So my mother, my grandmother was very like, I would say natural. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's maybe where I got a little thread of the natural medicine, but I was very much raised conventional. Okay. And like your parents, did they do anything in the health field or were they? Not at all. Okay. So they didn't really have opinions on that. No, and I wouldn't say we didn't eat like healthy like I eat today, but it wasn't like garbage food. It wasn't like, you know, fast food or processed food. It was still homemade food. It was not organic. It was just, um, it was a lot of, I'm Italian, so it was a lot of um, wheat and dairy, which mm-hmm. I don't eat now, but I was raised all on that and look back and look back now. And I feel like, I mean, I do have, um, celiac. So looking back, I was sick because I was eating wheat and yeah. dairy. So yeah. 
But there was no correlation there between food and sickness back then. And no one ever, when I went to a doctor, no one ever, ever asked me what I ate. Yeah. It was kind of a quick stop and shop. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then when I went to um, college, I I studied, um, I was in the science field. I have a major in mathematics minor in uh, physics and statistics. And so I was very like sciencey and that was my, my dad's an engineer. So we were raised very sciencey. And I, um, Kind of like I had a lot, a lot of health problems in college because I was eating horribly. Um, you know, it's all processed food in college. And I was eating at McDonald's and um, eating donuts in the morning and drinking soda. And I, my diet was horrific. And I was an athlete in college. I was doing karate. I was a brown belt. I was running. I was waitressing at night. So I was really hammering my body and it got to the point where my legs were so um, in so much pain, I could hardly walk. In fact, I was on and off crutches um, all the time because I couldn't walk. And, um, you know, I would go to the doctor again, they would give me muscle relaxants. I mean, it was the same thing over and over again. And no one ever figured out the problem. And I, my finally, my last draw was I went to a major um, um, medical facility in Minnesota and I thought, oh, my God, they're going to find out what's wrong with me and drove all the way up there. And basically, it was the same story all over again. They had me walk across the room. They couldn't see anything wrong with my legs. And I'm in utter pain. And basically, they told me it was in my head. <laughs> so I'm, tw I'm, yeah, I'm like 21 years oh old, um, about to graduate from college. And I have the whole world ahead of me. And it's in my head. Like I'm, I want to, I want to be, I want to be in a wheelchair. Like it didn't even make sense. So I cried all the way home and I'm like, Oh my God, I got to take matters into my own hands. You know, I just grad, I'm graduating. I got to figure this out because no one else is. And that's when I started reading nutrition books and I completely started changing my diet. You know, I, they never asked me if I didn't eat like a green thing for probably three years. <laughs> so I started eating like fruits and vegetables and real food and believe it or not, it worked. I mean, I felt better and better. It took a long time. Um, it's always shocking when you get better by just eating fruits and vegetables because you never yeah. would think it'd be that simple. Yeah. Right. No one thinks it's that simple. And um, so it took me a long time, but over the um, I got better and better and, it's, you know, my life proceeded. I worked and I ended up going to naturopathic medical school and um, when I was about, I think I was 33 years old and I was changing careers. I was in the insurance field and I'd worked my way up, but I never really had, my health was never really great. It was maybe 75% at that point. And when I went to naturopathic medical school, I, of course, put it all together with the doctors there and everything. And I'm now, I'm in my 50s and I have better health than I did when I was 21. So it's, um, it's and I'm all natural. No meds, you know, it's all natural. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I raised, I had um, two children and raised both my boys from, you know, childhood to adulthood, completely natural. They've never been vaccinated. They've never had an antibiotic. They've never seen an MD. They've never been tampered with, pure, pure, pure. And they are like iron rocks. Like they are so strong. And the, the biggest thing is um, my sons are brilliant. My son, who's 19, um, is, I'm sorry, he's 21 right now. He is um, engineering. He's really, really smart. And he's, he's, I feel like it's because his, he hasn't been tampered with, you know, like he's allowed to develop normally mm -hmm. and naturally. 
And so I think, and, he, and we eat organic and, you know, he's, he's what, he's like the product of what, yeah. what I believed in. So now in my practice, you know, I became the doctor that I needed when I was like 21 and hard, could hardly walk. So I became the doctor I needed. Right. Know? So you went to college, graduated, then had all these health issues, got help or helped yourself. And then mm-hmm. what led, how did you find naturopathic medicine? Because you so, started to change your di- mm-hmm. diet and then what? Um, so ironically, I always wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't have a lot of direction early on. And I, um, you know, it was kind of like a soul searching thing. I, I'm a natural caretaker. Um, I'm the oldest child and I was, I helped raise my younger sibling. And, um, so I was kind of always wanting to be in the medical field, but I, just never got there on my own. And then after, um, I was working insurance and it was really, I didn't like it. And mm-hmm. I had, I was, um, pregnant and I, I was married and pregnant. And then I, my husband at the time said, you know, why don't you go into medical school? He goes, you have time, you're pregnant. You can take, you can take time and you can study for the boards and, or whatever you do, the entrance exams and go into medical school. So I said, okay. So I quit my job, which was really nice because I hated it. Um, And I was in the library, like looking for schools to go to. And of course, I'm looking for medical schools that have a natural twist to it, right? And and there's no such thing, no such thing. Mm -hmm. So I stumbled upon um, naturopathic medicine. And I'm reading the whole description of it and I'm just getting so excited and I'm like, oh my God. So I'm running home and I'm like nine months pregnant and I'm running home and I'm like, you know, I'm telling my husband, I found the school I want to go to, you know, I I found where I want to go to and I'm looking about it and everything and I'm reading about it. And I said, and he's like, great, you know, well, you know, that's great. We can, and I said, well, the problem is it's 2000 miles away. Because you're in Wisconsin, right? Right. I was in Illinois. I was oh, in Illinois, Illinois at the yeah, time. Okay. At the time. And, um, you know, he says, you know, we can relocate. You have passion. We have to follow that passion. And he was smart to know that that's what we had to do. And um, I had my child here in Illinois and then got accepted to school. I had to take some prereqs because I was out of school for a long time. Wow. So I, take, I took the prereqs here and, um, like, um, I can't remember the exact year I went to Bastyr, but um, maybe, like, 98, I would say. I don't, I don't, I can't remember exactly. Um, but, um, so I went out there with my son initially and, um, my husband had to like finish his job and then he transferred out there like, um, nine months later and we lived there for five years and it was a great experience. And the campus was, you know, I loved everything about it. It was such a natural environment. And I ended up having a second baby while I was out there, um, at home, um, home birth by a naturopathic doctor who oh, was a midwife. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time, Amazing. was it a lot different than your first pregnancy? <laughs> so, Did you have that in the hospital or... Um, my first pregnancy was, was the pregnancy was great. I mean, I was great, but the birth was horrific. I had a hospital birth. It was all medicated, um, medical intervention, not allowing the body to work on its own. I was in case I was in shock basically because I felt like it was, everything was wrong about it and I didn't have the proper support and, um, ended up having a third degree episiotomy, which I 
don't even, and, and it took me years to recover from that. But I had a vaginal birth because I didn't, I really did not want a C-section. And um, even that whole process, it was traumatizing the way the whole birth was for the baby, um, for my son. And my husband was horrified by it. Um, and and I wow. was like, I just felt like, um, I, I just felt it was the most um, unhealthy way to have a baby. So yeah. it, it took me three years before I had another baby. And that was in, I did, I got pregnant in Washington state and knew I was never going to go back to the hospital experience, no matter what. And I, I found a really good midwife who was a naturopathic doctor who had lots of experience. And she knew she had to overcome my fear because I was really scared of everything. And I did hypnobirthing. I did acupuncture. I did everything to support the, the birth. And we did a, um, a big tub uh, in, the, in my bedroom. And that really helped with the labor pains. And I did have complications. And, um, but my mid midwife was able to um, take care of them um, and not send me to the ER, which was really good. So she was amazing. Wow. Yeah. But that birth, like, healed me from that first traumatic experience. So it healed me, like, and it was so empowering wow. and it was so beautiful. Even though I had complications at the end, I mean, the birth itself was fine. I was hemorrhaging um, at the end, like my placenta wasn't coming out and I was losing a lot of blood and I, I had passed out and all that. But, you know, she had me, she did what she had to do to take care of me. Um, but it, the birth itself was beautiful. The baby went from like the water right onto my breast and instantly learned how to suckle. And it was just such a great experience. And my son, who was now three, and my husband cut the cord. And it was such a family experience. Intimate, like really yes. intimate. Yes. Mm -hmm. And everybody who treated me with respect and not like I was like a piece of meat on a slab on a table. It was like a completely different environment. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was beautiful. I love pregnancy I would and birth. I highly recommend you guys doing that. <laughs> I love hearing about yeah. stories and everything. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah. Throughout my life, raising my boys and with illness and anything that came along, I was really strong in the natural medicine. I never wavered. You know, every now and then you want to double check yourself, but I was pretty strong in it. And I have a huge huge passion for women's health because I think it's um, very patriarchal in the way it's, it's, it's not supportive for the woman's body. And mm -hmm. I still do. I do a lot of women's health care and I love it. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense of why you would want to work for women's health since you're a woman and you've experienced these things firsthand. Yeah. I mean, even like doing pap and gynecological exams, you know, um, I just feel like I do them so gently and I, it, it's like a really good experience for my patients. You know, no one likes to get a pap, but um, people, my patients don't mind it because of the way I do it. Um, I know when I was younger and I had paps done by um, male doctors, I mean, I'm not saying all male doctors are this way, but it was never um, a good experience. Mm -hmm. and. And I learned um, from my midwife who delivered my baby um, or helped me deliver my baby. Um, 
I did a preceptorship with her and I learned um, a lot more about how to do PAPs and how to take care of females, I think in a, a different, like a more gentler approach. And so I learned from, um, I learned from my ND midwife. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would say that's where my experience came from. Wow. Yeah. That reminds yeah. me, someone once told me that women sort of direct how the health field moves. And I feel like that's completely true. Like they govern yeah. the way it moves. Yeah. The way it's directed. So I still find it so interesting that you raised your children yeah. free of antibiotics and other pharmaceuticals. Um, yeah, I'm really curious about your point of view. Could you talk a little bit more about that and if you got any pushback? Sure. So, um, you know, as far as the antibiotics, I actually think they have their time and place, but it's not for every little bump in the road. I believe they should be safe for life-threatening um, circumstances. Like if you have meningitis um, or you have something serious, then you need antibiotics. I'm not opposed to them. So if my son was diagnosed with meningitis, I would run for the antibiotic, mm -hmm. but it would have to be a true diagnosis. It can't be the fear-based, well, your kid might have meningitis and here's the antibiotic. I would have to have a clear diagnosis of it before I would agree to that. Um, I just think there's better ways. It's, it's not that right. I'm opposed. I just think there's better ways. Um, and, you know, we've had infections and we've had sore throats and we've had, I mean, my kids have been falling out of trees. They've done everything, but we do everything naturally. You know, if they're cut, like we will like clean it up and then mm -hmm. butterfly together or we did everything. Just we were not going to go and subject them to the trauma of an ER unless it was absolutely necessary. Was that hard to convince your husband? Not of at all. all. Was he right on board? He was on board from day one and he was raised just very, very conventional on board from day one. He He's actually... Um, my um, husband was, he, we're now ex-husband, but um, he's actually has a really high IQ and he's pretty smart guy. He figured it out early on also that, you know, we're going to do what we can do. And he believed in everything I said from day one. So wow. it wasn't hard. He was on board. Yeah. Which is lucky because I hear of a lot of cases where Usually it's the mother who wants to do things more naturally and the husbands are giving them pushback and want the antibiotics and they don't understand what they're doing to the long-term health of these kids. So how do you, some of the stuff we are talking about is a little controversial. How do you deal with the pushback um, or if you get any pushback from patients? So, um, I mean, I'm with patients. I see, I, I will see anybody who wants my help. So I see kids who are completely vaccinated, mm -hmm. medicated, everything. And I see families and kids who are like me. Um, and I see kids halfway in between. So I am going to help whoever wants my help and I don't judge them. I just give them information. And most of the people, um, who are like, um, who have partially did it, usually they stop because they do the research on their own and they stop. Um, but I still see everybody. The pushback, I don't feel like I get pushback and I don't push it on them. I tell them a little bit about my opinion and what I've done mm -hmm. and I just go from there. It's for them to do the research. And I say that you have to do the research. It's not a five minute conversation. This is like hours of research and I can give you sources, but you have to do the homework on your own.
Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of imp- like there's a lot of research that you have to do to come up with this type of decision mm-hmm. that you exactly. made. Exactly. Exactly. We don't set mm-hmm. our, we put our health as primary. Um everything else is secondary. And I know that's a rare thing today. Yes. But should. that's rare today. You know, yeah, people it will is. Say, people yeah. there's a quote on your website, but you say people care more about their cars than they do their own bodies. And yeah. I feel like that's so true. And mm-hmm. I always so compare true. that because you go to get your oil changed more times than you go to see the doctor or yeah. the number of times you get your blood drawn mm-hmm. and checked to see right. how you're doing. Well, Mike, you just, you just hit it on the head. Right, right. Yeah. So another thing that's really interesting with health is this whole idea of Um, I think most people don't even know what health looks like. Um, They think if they're walking and breathing and able to stand on their feet, that that's health. I mean, you would not believe the things I hear. I hear like, you know, they have diabetes and cancer and obese. But otherwise, Dr. Brandick, I'm healthy. (laughs) I'm like looking at you like you're nothing but a picture of, you know, you're nothing but health. Chronic inflammation. (laughs) How would you describe health to your patients? How do you describe that? So that's easy for me. It's living life with vitality where you can focus and concentrate and have the energy Mm -hmm. to deal with life as it comes without any medications. Um, It's it's, vitality is the answer. So most people um, can't, you know, they think suppression is health. Oh, I don't have the rash anymore, so it's cured. No, it's suppressed because you're taking steroids. That's not health. In fact, that's weakening the overall body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to have something else and you can't suppress the immune system and think it's going to work later on. So, right. um, the idea, you know, in our world, in our world, um, suppression is thought to be health and it's not at all. So, you know, and, and people, if you, you know, I, I see so many people, I mean, I've been in practice for almost 20 years. It's, they're they're barely getting through and they're on a lot of medications and they're barely living life. They don't have the energy to get through the day hardly. They can't focus mm-hmm. and concentrate. They're not sharp. They they have no physical endurance. Um, they have no strength in their body. I mean, that is not health. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. So this is interesting because we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. I know that you have experience with mm-hmm. therapeutic body work and mm-hmm. also being a chiropractor. Um, so I was also wondering what your point of view was on um, how the pandemic again is short, sort of shaping the importance of physical touch because we don't yeah. have that anymore. Um, and then we know from our school, of course, physical touch and having that connection with patients is so important. And now everything's virtual and we're social distancing. We barely see people. So how do you feel like that's evolving? I think COVID has really helped natural medicine in that people are so um, worried about getting sick that they're trying to do a lot of natural medicine. I I mean, I'm really busier than I've ever been. And I think people are getting it. They They don't want to be drugged so much anymore. They want to treat the cause. I mean, they kind of are getting it, treat the cause, strengthen the immune system. I so, know, finally. Finally, we're getting some recognition. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, 
So leading to the isolation, I think it's um, causing a lot of mental illness, actually, Stephanie. Um, the the isolation mm-hmm. is not good. We are social creatures. We need to be in close proximity of each other, even if we're not in like the same like room, but you have people in the same house. Like we are social. And yeah. um, we have people in nursing homes that aren't seeing their families. We have old people like who think that they can't leave the house and can't socialize at their church. I think it's causing a lot of mental illness and um, depression, enormous amount of depression. And of course, anxiety is through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, but the need for physical touch, we are doing physical touch in my clinic. We do massage and body work and all kinds of things. We do visceral manipulation. We do cranial sacral. We do a lot of hands-on. And, and when people do come into my office, you know, if they're willing to, I'm touching them. If they don't want me to touch them, I don't. But I am touching people. Um, we need that human contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. Because it's different it, when someone touches you and, you know, works on your body. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. human touch is therapeutic in itself. You know, yeah. just even human, human hands have been yes. found to have energy yes. in them with the whole light trick with mm-hmm. the, have you done that before where you all hold hands in a circle and there's this, yeah, we did this in oh, cranial yeah. circle. <laughs> yeah. It's yep. a ball and a ball. you can light the ball up with up. Um, all of your hand energy. Yeah. We're powerful, but we're talked out of our power. We are really talked out of our power. And, um, we're going to be okay. And mm-hmm. when this is done, I think we're going to come out stronger. Exactly. I think something also just unique about you is how passionate you are. And even on your website, the quote is, if you've ever wondered if there's a safer, more effective, more affordable alternative to conventional medicine <laughs> and pharmaceutical drugs, there absolutely is come and get it. <laughs> <laughs> so what drives this? Like, where? Like, are you always so passionate, or is it just great? Like your history with your own health battles that kind of made you so passionate. Um, I, I'm really, really passionate about our medicine, but I'm kind of passionate about a lot of things, and I think that um, where does it come from? I I think I'm a little bit a fight for the underdog, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but not extreme. I think people need to stand up and do things on their own. So I'm not an enabler, but I believe in having the resources so that everybody can, um, can be in a good place. Achieve health so, on their own. To achieve health on their own. Exactly. So like, I don't babysit people or the, my patients. I don't be, I give them the tools. I give them the structure, the guideline mm-hmm. and how to do it. But you know, it's not for me to like babysit them. And, you know, I will call them out on things and, and I'm pretty straight with everybody. Um, yeah. Even in Chicago, it's mm-hmm. not very well known naturopathic medicine there, but not at all. Yeah. So you're, you're even fighting that own battle of having to teach all of your patients that as well. Right. And as naturopathic doctors or naturopathic physicians, we are always working, going upstream. Um, it's just the, the mindset is, is really for the majority of the population, they don't understand treating the cause. They don't understand, you know, suppression. They don't understand that you really can't, they, they think that they can't get better. They think that they need meds to live life. They don't understand the power of our own bodies. And what's so cool about our medicine is that, um, 
simple is almost better. Simple things like changing your diet is effective. Um, and people are amazed. They like can't believe that changing your diet actually helps. And of course it helps. It's like the mm-hmm. difference between putting like premium gas in your car <laughs> and like gas with water. I know. You know? <laughs> I'll never forget when I um, started to become mm-hmm. dairy free. All of my digestive symptoms went away. I had been living with lactose intolerance. Like, I thought it was normal. Just crazy. Yeah, and it was one simple thing to take out of your diet. Yeah. Right. And your whole life changes, Mm -hmm. right? Can we switch gears and talk about your book? Sure. Okay. So, um,. My book is, it was written with my husband at the time, um, who is a a PsyD, clinical psychologist, and it really is, um, it talks about, you know, taking responsibility for your health, but also talks about, um, you know, we're all seeking to be happy and no matter what it takes, you know, you, you drink to have feel good, to feel happy. You drink or you eat, um, like a chocolate to feel good. You eat, um, you know, you're, it's always about seeking happiness Mm -hmm. and, you know, it would be okay if it was a rare thing, but we want more and more of it. So then it becomes addiction. So then you want that drink, you know, every hour, you know, and you want to feel that high every hour. And then you become basically miserably happy. You're, you're no longer happy. You're miserable. So we have to, um, you know, take responsibility for our lives and this constant seek for gratification and through happiness can be um, a slippery slope where you, you do things to feel good and then it becomes, it's too much and you become addicted to it basically. You know, that's what all addictions come down to the mm-hmm. same thing. It's not about the substance. Like people say, you know, a Coke addict, an alcoholic, a drug abuser. Even sugar. Sugar, sugar's big. It's a huge addiction. It's more addicting than cocaine, Definitely. actually. So the bottom line is, you know, we're all seeking to be happy all the time. And that shouldn't be the ultimate goal in life. It should be to be reasonable, responsible moment to moment, not just seeking happiness because it's a slippery slope. That's really interesting. Yeah, well, our culture is really based on pleasure. And I mean, we have Instagram where you go on Instagram and you see the perfect life or you see everything. That's a lot what our generation is struggling with right now is just going Mm -hmm. on these types of websites every day, social media, which is a huge part of our culture these days, and Mm -hmm. being able to be okay after being on those sites and come right. back to reality when a lot of that isn't really real. Absolutely. I agree mm-hmm. with you hundred percent. And you know what? It's just like, if you, if you really pay attention to how you feel, so say you eat an apple, you feel really good about that because you know that you just fed your 500 billion cells, amazing food, and that it was the right thing to do. It was a reasonable and right thing to do for your body. And then you eat like, you know, a dozen cookies. Do you feel good after that? You might be a feel good while you're doing it for the quick 30 seconds that you're doing it. But after all, afterwards, you feel 
miserable Yeah, because you know, you just did damage to your body. And what does that do to your psychological? It makes you depressed because you know, you just did a bad yeah. thing. So this is what I mean. It's a slippery slope. You know, everything has to be done in a responsible, in a reasonable and responsible manner. And, and mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. But we, we find, um, we, we don't want to take responsibility. We're always looking for an outside source to make us happy. You know, the pill is going to make us happy. I don't want to be, dep- I'm going to not be depressed if I take this antidepressant. I'm not going to be, um, Which isn't necessarily know, the root cause. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, I've gotten through really, really hard times in my life. Um, and you know about these and never once did I take a pharmaceutical drug to help me get through with it. And yeah, there were days I was like, you know, didn't want to live and, um, days I was down in that black hole, but, um, I just got through it and didn't prolong it by taking pills Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like when you take pills, you don't deal with things and then you have to deal with it later down the line. So I feel like if you can deal with psychological um, trauma, which we all have in our lifetime, no one leaves this planet, planet, um, a void of damage without trauma and damage. And I mean, that's what we're here for to live and learn and grow. And no one's going to leave this planet without trauma. And so you can either take a pill and pretend that it's all okay and then deal with it in a year or 10 years or whenever you're ready to deal with it, I guess, or you can just deal with life as it comes. Um, I really feel strongly that we are strong enough to deal with life as it comes. We are taught to not deal with life as it comes. Oh, you, your mother died here. Here's an antidepressant. Oh, you, um, you lost your job. Here's an anti-anxiolytic. Um, no, we need to deal with these things head on, face on, and deal with them. Right. Even through that's, therapy that's how, or whoever you want right. to deal with it. Right. Talk therapy is excellent. You know, yeah. seek help, but, but, you know, don't, you know, deal with it instead of mask it. Cause you, what you're doing with the pills is masking it. Mental health is, um, a huge problem in our country just because of the way we mask it and we don't deal with it. And we chastise people who do need help and we, we should be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Your book kind of reminds me of this theory, and I'm forgetting what the name is, but um, it's the idea where we all have a baseline level of happiness, and we go through, we spike, we have spikes and we have drops, but ultimately we always um, return to our baseline level of happiness. So the question is then, how do you raise your baseline level of happiness? And to me, I think it's through diet and lifestyle, spending yep. time with people you love. Awareness, yes. mindfulness. Yeah. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. It's internal. We yeah. make ourselves happy. We don't, we can't look for happiness from another object or another substance or another person. We have to do it from inside. And you know how, you, you, you know, if we really were, um, like, I don't know how to say this, but you feel really happy when you do something reasonable and responsible. You do feel happy when you do something that's irresponsible. Like I gave the example of eating the cookies, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not going to feel real happy about that. But when you do things that are reasonable, reasonable and responsible, you can sustain that happiness. 
And the more you do, Stephanie, like you said, the more you raise that happiness level. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I guess the last thing I was wondering is when people come in to see you, what is the number one thing that they get wrong about you? So this is very strange. People will be on their prescription drugs for 10, 20 years, and they're not getting any better, but they just love their prescription drugs. And they come to you and you don't have the magic wand and can't fix them in three weeks. They drop you like a hot potato. (laughs) So um, it's kind of like this, again, this idea that... um, quick fix the quick fix and you know it's it's our whole thing as lifestyle and building you back up and detoxing you from your past history and getting you on a better plan and um I feel like people get a little bit disappointed because we're actually putting it back in your plate that you have to do work. You have to change your diet. You have to take your supplements. You have to quit your alcohol or decrease it. You have to decrease your coffee. You have to actually get more sleep. You actually have to start to exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is work. It's not like take a pill and you're better in two weeks. So I think that's where the, I would say, disappointment is, is our our kind of medicine, naturopathic medicine, puts responsibility back onto the person where they actually have to make some changes or take responsibility for, you know, taking their supplements. And, and I have people all the time who will, you know, say they know their drugs are harming them, but they're too afraid to get off. And just lack of education that they don't know that this works as well. The confidence in our medicine is not there for sure. Um, I have it and, you know, you probably have it, but the majority of people don't think this is strong medicine and it's powerful medicine. It is to me the most powerful medicine on the planet. It's nature. There's nothing better than nature. Mm -hmm. And as as naturopathic doctors, we just learn how to um, help people with a certain path to go down. And in, in we, we've learned the medicine to be able to direct people on where to go and what to take and how to do it. Um, that's where we come into play. And that direction is powerful if you're good to be able to direct people in the right, in the right path. So our, I, I love our profession. I just think it's, um, in my life, it's the be all end all. I choose this over everything. Um, I just think we need more naturopathic doctors on the planet. <laughs> there will be slowly and but surely. Agree. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Brannick. What's next for you? I really love what I'm doing. And I, I do, you know, I do a lot of like um, women's health care and I do the PAPs and the escherotic treatments for people with HPV and cervical dysplasia. I want to um, teach more um, naturopathic physicians to do this therapy. Um, I like teaching um, clinical um, naturopathic work. So like right now I have a resident in my office and um, I love teaching her things and she's so like a sponge. So I 
really, really like teaching clinical naturopathic medicine. I think it's it's fun for me. So I see me having more students and residents through my office because I just became a residency site, by the way. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah I just became one. And so wow. I have um, a two-year residency um, resident right now, and she's awesome. She's from Bastyr. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, so that's kind of where I see me going, um, maybe working a little bit less and more teaching. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. You were so open and we just really appreciate everything you had to share today. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. You can find Dr. Brennick online at www.brennickclinic.com. And that is B-R-A-N-N-I-C-K-C-L-I-N-I-C.com. Or online on Instagram at Brannick Clinic. And before we close the show, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, comment, rate, and review. And most of all, share it with someone you know. That's all we got for you guys today. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you, future doctors. Bye.